0: Hello, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. The final score: AFC Wimbledon one, Wrexham one. This was a fascinating game and a, a proper blood and thunder, rock and roll game as well, where there could have been more goals at either end, lots of incident, lots of action, and quite a bit for us to, you know, sort of ponder as well in terms of the direction that we're taking with the team at the moment. Really interesting stuff. So let's start at the beginning, Wrexham reverting pretty much actually to the sides that disappointed against M.K. ons, There were eight changes from the team that did so well in midweek, but there were only three changes from that opening Saturday match. Those three changes being Oli Palmer coming in up front, and then two players making their debuts, Will Boyle at centre-back and James McLean. And those changes also led to us using a shape that I've not really seen us use under Parkinson before, um, three at the back yeah but then what looked like maybe a box midfield except that Lee on the left and McLean on the right really were playing very high up the pitch so it was more like a 3-4-3 three, three, really they they did come back to help out defensively but it wasn't their first Role, I think in a box midfield you probably expect them to drop off a bit more And they stayed high up the pitch and looked to give real support to Palmer So that was interesting in itself Cannon and O'Connor played the double pivot And yeah it was it was a, a different shape And well we didn't see much of it in the first 10 minutes or so Because AFC Wimbledon who had a decent start of the season themselves uh, Really put us under pressure First 10 minutes frankly Felt like one of those spells where we had to dig in and survive to earn our right to start to play, and we did so very well. In fact, although Wimbledon put us under a heck of a lot of pressure, there was a lot of good defending. We defended our penalty area well. We couldn't get going in midfield. Kept giving the ball back to Wimbledon because they were putting us under such pressure in the box and we were having to just clear it. But nonetheless, we really stood firm, especially O'Connell and Toza, who were terrific defensively as they repelled it. So although we were struggling to get into the game, Foster didn't have much to do, although he was dominating his penalty area and would throughout. The first chance of the match really came in the 20 minutes when McLean surely was fouled on the right flank. Nothing was given. And Bagheel tried a little curling effort from 25 yards opportunistic. Would have been fantastic if it worked, but it went comfortably wide. Of the right post. But Wrexham came back into the game. And the first really good chance we had was a goal. Now Jacob Mendy. Who also had a fine game down the left hand side. Was up and down. Up and down. Causing problems. Defending well too. He'd already gotten to about three good crossing positions. But hadn't really made the most of them. But on this occasion. He burst down the left hand side. He did ever so well to get to the byline. He was really having to work hard. To make sure he kept it in. So whether he meant it or not, I don't know, but he delivered the most perfect sort of a bleak-angled pullback to Elliot Lee about 15 yards out. Lee looked to place it into the bottom right corner. It took a big deflection and span into the opposite side of the goal. The keeper on the floor trying to cover the first shot had no chance as the ball looped over him. And Wrexham then had control for most of the rest of the first half and started to create more and more chances. Tozer feeding the ball down the line for Barnett, who hit the goal line and ripped in across a good diving header by Tom O'Connor from about eight yards out. But the keeper, Bass, did well to get up. He's a big guy and get a good tip on it to push the ball over the bar. Then it was Tozer with a long throw, which led to a huge scramble. Palmer having a close-range shot blocked really massive numbers in there. And the ball was cleared. Wimbledon did struggle a little bit with crosses and set pieces, I thought. And Tozer's throws were causing genuine issues. They weren't necessarily always making chances, but Wimbledon were really struggling to clear their lines. Meanwhile, at the other end, uh, Begill picked the ball up after Al-Hammadi had done really well to burst down the left and pull the ball back. Begill struck it on the volley, Mendy. With an excellent block coming across the box to cover the striker and at full strength blocking it away. Good work that the shot on goal bound and travelling at pace. Then it was Wrexham coming back up the other end. Mendy again, this time driving down the left, cutting back onto his right foot, pulling the ball back for McLean, whose header lacked power really, to be fair to him. He was running away from goal because the ball was coming behind him and he just couldn't get his neck round it enough and it was a pretty straightforward save for Bass. The last action of the half was a fabulous move by AFC Wimbledon through the middle. Started off by a burst of energy on the left by Alhamadie. He popped it inside. Bagheel played a lovely looking first time pass for Tilly, who was running between the centre-backs one-on-one. It was just a tiny bit too strong. And as a result, Wrexham were able to deal with it. But at half-time, although one had to respect the fact that Wimbledon had a very sharp-looking front two in Bouguil and Alhamadie, and also had Tilly, who was looking dangerous on the right-hand side, Wrexham still, I thought, it felt at that point, had gained control of the game after that rough start. However, it wouldn't stay like that. Wrexham started the second half on the front foot, but... Soon, AFC Wimbledon had established a real control of the match. Josh Nerfill, who had been really anonymous for about 40 minutes, had just sprung to life at the end of the first half on the left flank for Wimbledon, and he continued with a couple of other dangerous moments. He cut inside with a good little run in the 50th minute, pulled it inside to Bagiel. terrific turn by Bagiel to get past his man on the edge of the box, but he lost his balance in doing it and skied his shot. And then a couple of minutes later, Lewis, the centre-back, standing up a big diagonal, Nerfield with a tremendous, you know, what's the cliché, spring-heeled leap. Got up really well and pounded ahead of across Foster, which didn't go too far wide of the far postal of Foster. Seemed pretty comfortable that it was doing so. But the pressure continued. Tilly cutting in from a throw-in, getting into the box and hitting a powerful shot, which you did ever so well to block in front of Foster before in the 66th minute the controversy started. Darren Drysdale, up to that point, I thought it had a very good game. But well this was I, I this was a, a shame, really. He'd consistently, like the rest you've seen this season, allows a fair amount of physical play. He was allowing aerial challenges to go by and he was not particularly bothered about shirt pulling. But he would, from this point now, give two very soft penalties to Wimbledon that, you know, having looked again on the replays, having heard Mike the ref talking about it, they're not really penalties, I don't think. The first one was more of a penalty, a corner into a crowded six-yard box. It's slightly difficult, having looked again, to work out exactly who he's given the penalty against. For me, the most likely penalty is Palmer, who is holding his man, the man gets gold side, and then drops himself to the floor in the six-yard box now I've got to say I think he, he falls because he can't reach the ball but like I said the referee was allowing that sort of thing all the time and Wrexham were packing the six-yard box for Tozer's long throws there was all sorts going on in there and the referee was just turning a blind eye but this time he changed his mind gave the penalty Hamadi stepped up now there's a story in itself Hamadi, who's enjoyed his success at Wrexham's Expense in the past, having been part of the Bromley side that won the FA Trophy against us, had made his debut for Wimbledon last Saturday, won a penalty at Grimsby, and missed it. So this time he stepped up, and it's got to be said, it was a poor one. He scuffed it. It was you know to the left of centre, nowhere near the corner, and the 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 danger that it could go in, frankly, was that Foster had flung himself to try and cover the the bottom corner. And as you see with the goalkeepers, when they do that, sometimes with a shot straight at their body, it can sort of squeak underneath. But Foster was too wise for that. Got the block in. First Wrexham goalkeeper to save two penalties in a row since Christian Dibble. First Wrexham goalkeeper to save a penalty in a Football League game since Anthony Williams. So there you are. Wrexham survived. No shocks, really, that they would change their penalty kicker for the next penalty. Um 69th minute, Al-Hammadi nearly got in a bit of retribution. He picks the ball up in the middle of the, of the Wrexham half. He, he really looks like a man who was burning with anger and disappointment and embarrassment about the two penalties. And he uses that energy. He bursts down the middle of the pitch. He gets towards the edge of the, the D, O'Connor, Gets a tackle in on him, but the ball ricochets to Bagheel and back to Alhamedy. And he hits a terrific snapshot from the edge of the area. A fabulous save by Ben Foster to leap high to his right and push it around the post. And Wrexham starts to get on top at that point. I think the a big part of it was that Wimbledon brought on very attacking subs in order to try and get back at Wrexham. And in all honesty, I, I think that I don't want to say they went too attacking. I mean, they did get a point from this situation. But they were leaving spaces and, and they went a bit more direct. It was a huge team. By the, point, by the time the game finished, Tilly was the only player on the pitch for Wimbledon who didn't look about six foot three with massive shoulders. And they did go more direct and they did rough us up a bit. As Harry Pell came on as a striker and he caused issues. He actually wasn't very good in the air, he was massive. But I think he just caused consternation like Kyle Hudlin did for Solihull in the opening game of Parkinson's reign as Wrexham manager. But it also meant we had more space to break on them and we started looking more dangerous and we started to pile up a number of decent chances. Barnett carrying the ball across from the right, bringing it to Mendy essentially ripped a lovely cross in Elliot Lee lunging at it six yards out. Just couldn't take the touch. There was a Breakaway to the edge of the box. A nice patient move. O'Connor jabbed a pass to Cannon. who hit a lovely little first-time ball to Lee. who was in a position just outside the box on the left channel to cut on his right foot and take a shot. He was clobbered by Harry Pell. Um, I've got to say, I thought it was a red card. Looking at it again, okay, I, I did say in the commentary I kind of could see how it could be a yellow. It sparked a nasty confrontation. Lee jumped to his feet, furious, Pal had hit him hard about halfway up his calf from the side, slash back. Um Lee was livid, he confronted him. Didn't raise his hands, referee was in quite quickly to try and pull Lee away. Pal got barged from behind by a reaction Player and ended up right in Lee's face, and it all resumed again. Toza came across and tried to get Lee away from the situation. The ref gave a yellow to Pal and also gave a yellow to Lee for his retaliation, which it did feel wrong for them both to get the same punishment. For the two offences, I've got to say. Um, Mike, the ref, I have consulted. He thinks it's yellow. So, fair enough. That guy knows the rules better than I do. Um, And, yeah, looking at it again. Live, it felt like there was quite a lot of force in it. Looking at the replays, didn't feel like this as much. The free kick, anyway. Lee, looking for revenge. It's a good strike. Keep got down low to his left. But Bass fumbled it and had to scramble along the goal line and get there before Sam Dolby could. Now... Then came the key moments of the second half. 79th minute, and Wimbledon have a shout for a penalty. Mendy on Tilly. It's not a penalty. I don't think it's all. Tilly's done well, well, Wrexham have been sloppy and not r- tracking his run. Tilly was making some nice little runs in from the right and I think exploiting our system of having the three centre-backs and the wing-backs a little higher and was really using that space well to get into the box. He'd had that shot that was blocked by Foster and now he drifted in again. Mendy was wrong side of him. It was a risky challenge, but he executed it really well. He stretched across Tilly and scooped the ball away from him till he went down and... There was a shout for a penalty. More with the crowd, I would say, than the players. Play continued. And in the same passage of play, the ball was stood up again to the edge of the area for Pell. He jumped. O'Connell jumped with him. O'Connell behind him. Certainly had his hands on Pell's back, or a hand on Pell's back. Pell hit the deck. And the ref gave a penalty. And again, well, for me, barely any contact on Pell. A really poor decision like i said I'd, I'd have more sympathy with the decision if the ref hadn't been allowing all this physical contact pushing in the box all all over the pitch all the way through he wasn't given free kicks for that on the halfway line and then he gives two penalties for it that's sort of the opposite of what you usually say about refs saying, you know if it's a foul on the halfway line why do you chicken out in the box so i think we were exceptionally unfortunate to have a referee who's going to Grabbed the limelight in this way. Massively unfortunate. O'Connell couldn't believe it. The penalty is given till he steps up and drills it into the top left corner. Lovely penalty. Foster went the wrong way, if he went the right way, even he, he, he's not saving that. I have to say, you know, there was, for me, I wonder whether the ref was a bit influenced by the crowd. Because, like I said, it was the same passage of play. The ball didn't go out between Mendy's challenge and O'Connell's challenge. And I just wonder whether that was working in his head a bit, that he'd just give a, not given a penalty. And By the same token, there was a point in the first half where Wimbledon just lost their heads a little, not two quick yellow cards in a row. The crowd were furious. They were correct decisions for my money, although I'm biased. And then a third Wimbledon player committed the challenge, a foul, and the crowd were furious, and he didn't book him, and I think it was a clear booking. So I just wondered if he was pressured a little bit by by the crowd. And I must say before I forget, what a crowd and what an atmosphere. Both sides of, sets of fans are absolutely brilliant. And then U Stadium, surrounded as it is by flat, blocks of flats, so it really kept the atmosphere in. It was a, it was a brilliant atmosphere. Now Wrexham responded decisively and it set us up to dominate the closing stages of the match. So, seven minutes left. And Phil Parkson makes one of his now trademark triple subs. Ollie Palmer comes off. Sam Dolby comes on. Barnett comes off. Anthony Ford comes on. Luke Young replaces Andy Cannon. Shape stayed the same. Personnel shifted around. Do McLean went to left wing back, and Wrexham continues to try to push on. Jordan Davis now is on the right side, supporting Dolby. Lee remained on the left. Young joined O'Connor in the double pivot and we really should have won it frankly <laughs> 85th minute tozer with another long throw o'connell getting up at the near post it was just one of those the keepers sort of incited just get a delicate touch on it and it loops beyond the keeper and goes in o'connell nearly got the perfect touch but it went about a foot wide of the far post you could see how exasperated he was um i said jordan davis came on sorry davis came on for mendy which necessitated mclean Shifting across to the left-hand side. Um, and again, we continue to put pressure on a, the big moment. Fourth minute of added time. McLean sweeping a great ball into the far post with the onrushing Tozer in open play. Surprisingly getting up there. He cushioned a lovely volley back in. Lee helped it on and Sam Dolby headed it over the bar from point-blank range. And Oh, I, I'd love to make excuses for him, but I don't think it came at him all that high. It was just a bad, bad miss. Huge frustration for Axum, But we, at this point, at the end of added time, were hammering away at the door. A minute later, Luke Young drilling in a trademark 30-yarder, which was whistling inside the left post. Terrific save by Bass to lunge across. They say he's got big wingspan. He needed it. That was a big save. And then from the corner, Young whipped a beauty into the far post. Jordan Davis, now unfortunately, so many teams don't seem to cotton on to that move where we have someone at the far post backing off. Davis executes that, but the man goes with him and does a good job of getting underneath him so Davis can't get a clean header. So Davis is genuinely a couple of yards out from heading it into an empty net, but that marker has backed into him so much he just can't get his head around it to direct it towards goal, and it bounces off his head and flies back out to the flank. Young keeps the move going by hitting it out to the edge of the area where Ford ran onto it and smashed a terrific strike which whistled just over the bar, and the game was done. The draw, probably a fair result, an important result for Wrexham as well, I would say, because we needed to get something on the board, I think. I'm not saying that it would have been a crisis if we'd lost our first two games in the league, but I think it's good to get something on the board and get a decent point away from home against the side. that has a lot of vim and spirit and looks likely to be rather better than it has been for the last two seasons. As you have been struggling a bit. Going through the team performances, Foster magnificent, penalty save, even better save shortly after, and really dominant in the air. You know, Wimbledon were packing the six-yard box for set pieces, and Foster was coming through the crowd or over the crowd and dealing with it brilliantly. Really commanding, top-level goalkeeping from Foster. At the back, O'Connell, fantastic, very unfortunate with the penalty decision, but he defended terrifically on the right-hand side of the back three. Tozer, likewise, did really well. O'Connell did a few more eye-catching things, but those two were solid as a rock. I thought Boyle didn't have the best of starts, and an awful lot was coming down that side um, for Wimbledon. But he grew into the game a bit more. Picked up a yellow, but he grew into the game a bit more and looked promising. The wing-backs, Barnett did well. He wasn't as much threat as usual, but he certainly was solid defensively when we were under pressure. And on the other side, Mendy was man of the match. No question. Well, I say no question. There are actually, I would say, a couple of contenders, but Mendy. I mean, fair play. He just kept going until he was subbed in the 89th minute. Tremendous energy. Very threatening going forwards. Made crucial defensive interceptions. If he thinks James McLean's coming in after his place, then he sends a very strong message to Phil Parkinson that he's perfectly capable of doing the left-wing-back job himself. In midfield, uh, you know we had control of the game for phases. The double pivots sometimes looked a little bit outnumbered. O'Connor was good, I thought, winning a lot of the ball, moving it around comfortably didn't drive forwards all that much but was solid and and cannon likewise really i think cannon it was good to have o'connor alongside him to help out in terms of physicality or cannon played some neat little passes and and got in some nice interceptions as ever got roughed around a bit he was the most foul player in the game against mk Dons, and i'm gonna have a look at the stats for this one may well have uh, made it two weeks in a row the support strikers while elliot lee had a good first half and scored a goal and then was terrific in the second half, he was everywhere, buzzing around, he was our main source of threat alongside Mendy, they combined well, so unlucky not to get on the end of Mendy's cross to make it 2-0, which I think would have finished affairs, and a fine game, unlucky with the free kick as well. On the other side, McLean, I think you can see he's got to just settle himself in at the moment, Um, But he showed some quality with some of the crosses he had. He showed a real appetite for the fight, battling away and winning some good tackles in the Wimbledon half and not shying away from anything, as you might expect. And I I thought that was a decent start to what we hope will be a a major acquisition. up front. Palmer against his old team and a good reception he got as well. Battled and battled and battled admirably. It was good to watch. He won a lot of his headers. But maybe he was just a tiny bit isolated without a strike partner. So he couldn't quite get those opportunities on goal that he would have liked. The subs who came on. uh, Obviously, uh, Davis came on quite late. But there was a good chunk of added time. And he looked threatening. He was driving forwards, getting into shooting positions. Played some deep passes. When we brought those subs on, O'Connor got a bit more progressive, by the way, with his passing. And I thought he hit some nice passes through those empty midfield channels I mentioned before to try and get... Players Lee in particular forgot to mention that before. Um, other substitutes, Dolby, as that, an all-round performance, it was his best so far. He engaged the centre backs well. He was ready. He was showing for balls and making decent runs down the channels. He looked threatening. But oh, what a shame that he missed that glorious chance to to win the match in added time. And Luke Young did well when he came on, gave balance and strength in midfield and yeah, a little bit more physicality uh, when he plays there rather than Cannon Ford was very lively on the right hand side really getting involved whacked that shot late on that could have been a sensational winner so yeah I'm pleased with that that was a good performance and players like Foster, Mendy, Lee and O'Connell putting in performances that really were massively impressive decent point shame it wasn't the winner to be honest, were it not for the dicey penalties, were it not for that missed chance right at the end, would have been three points. But, you yeah, know, I think you should take one point, be satisfied at least with that, and now push on with two home games and try and really drive ourselves up the table. With a final score of AFC Wimbledon 1, Wrexham 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC.